will bless the Lord at all time and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Good Thursday morning, beloveds. I greet you today with Jesus joy. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And of course, we are rejoicing and we are glad in the blessing of the day. Certainly pray and trust as always that everyone is well and that everyone is feeling good and excited about the blessings that God has in store for us on this day. I'm certainly grateful and thankful to have you joining us for this opportunity to walk through the word of God in our New Testament word walk as we are continuing to study to show ourselves approved unto God workmen that are not ashamed as we seek to rightly divide the word of truth. I am certainly excited about today's lesson as we continue in our journey through the book of Colossians. Today, we're going to dive into chapter number three, uh, the book of Colossians. There are two main points uh, that are found in chapter three, and we're going to attempt to dive in and gain knowledge and understanding of the first point of chapter three. But before we do that, I first want to make sure that you've got your handout, um, you've got your Bible study material, you've got note-taking material, you are ready to dive into the Word of God. Uh, so I want to give you an opportunity to scan that QR code that you see at the bottom of the screen. If you'll take a moment to scan that QR code, it will take you directly to the lesson handout that you can download it and uh, fill it in and write and take notes and be prepared uh, to walk through God's word together. Let's take a moment before we get started with today's lesson. Let's take a moment. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we come before you now telling you thank you for this day, O God. Thank you for life, for health, and for strength. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love toward us. God, I'm so grateful and so thankful for your word and how your word speaks to us and shows us the way. Your word tells us that our steps are ordered by your word. And when our steps are ordered by your word, you take pleasure in the lives that we live. So God, right now, I pray now that you'll allow this word to be so powerful that it will order our steps as kingdom people, that we will bring glory and not shame to your name. As always, God, I ask for clarity of speech, clarity of thought, that we will rightly divide this your word to these your people. Have your way with this your servant. Use me totally for your glory, that your name and your name alone will be glorified. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray and we praise. Amen and amen. So, beloveds, last week we left off with closing out chapter two. And you would remember last week when we talked about chapter two, Paul was dealing with the Colossian heresy. Paul was talking about four things that really could have caused the Colossian Christians to be sidetracked, to be distracted, to miss out on the great things that God had in store for them. You remember last week we spent time talking about the false philosophies that they were trying to set up Christianity based on world worldly traditions and worldly teachings. Then we talked about the false ceremony. We talked about circumcision. 
where the uh, those who were trying to discredit those Colossian Christians, particularly the males that had not been physically circumcised. And Paul made sure that they understood that physical circumcision is not what we're after. We're after spiritual circumcision, the cutting back of those things that would stand in our way, in our walk and in our witness with Christ. Then he talked about false worship, where he had them to understand that the only way that they could truly worship Christ and worship God was they had to remain connected to God. We said last week that spiritual growth was a means of connection. It's a means of not only getting connected, but staying connected. We referenced John 15 last week where Jesus taught about that, where he said that if you abide in me and let my word abide in you, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be given unto you. We talked about that last week, and then we wrapped up talking about the warning against false control. We talked about that since we are in Christ, we are no longer under the control or under the enslavement of the world. There has been a change in us. And since there has been a change in us, there should be a change in not only the way we think, but there should be a change in the way we talk. There should be a change in the way we act. There should be a change in the way we interact with one another. Why? We are kingdom people. We are Christians. And because we are kingdom people and we are Christians, we ought strive every day of our lives to, even though we are in the world, to not be of the world. We should be an example to the world. That's what Jesus meant when he said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and give glory to the father, which is in heaven. Such an insightful and powerful lesson that we looked at last week. So now we jump into chapter three. And in chapter three, Paul basically now says that since I have told you the four things that will cause you to drift if you follow it, I need to make sure that you understand that there is a mindset. There is a new mind. There ought be new thinking. Paul wants us to understand that our minds determine our well-being. What we think determines where we go. I want to say that one more time. What we think, beloveds, determines where we go how we think about things, the way we see things. It's a big word, but it's a powerful word. We're dealing with perception here. What do we perceive? What do we see? Because oftentimes if we see it wrong, if we think it wrong, we're going to end up with the wrong result. So Paul basically says in chapter three that we're going to have to make some adjustments in our mind. We got to make some adjustments in the way we think. And when we adjust our thought process, we are then able to adjust our actions. You can break some bad habits when you change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you can adjust some, some feelings of defeat and turn them into success and prosperity if you change your mind. It's all in the way you think. And when you change the way you think, 
We'll deal with it a little bit later. But Paul said in another passage that we must let our minds be found in Christ. Let this mind be in you. Philippians chapter two, verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant and was found in the likeness of men. And being fashioned as a man, Paul said, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So in today's lesson, we're gonna take a look at the first 17 verses of Colossians chapter three, and we're going to deal with it from the subject matter, kingdom mindsets. What is the kingdom mindset? What is it that we should be thinking about? How should we be thinking? What, what should be the foundation of our thinking? In these 17 verses, there are three things that I really want to tackle uh, with, with our mindset. What a kingdom mindset should allow us to do. What a kingdom mindset should stop us from doing. Amen. What a kingdom mindset should allow us to attain and to think victoriously. All right. Let's look at it. We want to look at three of them. Our lesson is divided into three parts, three parts. Uh, the first piece is found in verses one through four, verses one through four. If you're taking notes, point number one from the handout, we must make sure that we are praying, paying rather proper attention. Mm -hmm. The first piece of the kingdom mindset is to pay attention. Let's look at it now. Verses one through four, Colossians chapter three, verses one through four, English standard version says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Now, immediately, beloveds, I pray that we are beginning to see and understand that Paul is basically telling us that really we have to be able to make sure that our thought processes, our mindsets, our attitudes, going back to that, those three words in the Old Testament Bible study we've been riding on for the last few weeks, our attitudes, our atmospheres, and our actions are all upward thinking, our godly thinking, are bringing more glory and less shame to the name of the Lord. See, if you're going to live victoriously, victorious living requires some changing of the thought process. If you have been raised with Christ, Paul begins there by basically making sure that the Colossian believers understood that if you've been raised with Christ, you are no longer controlled by the false teachings, the false philosophies, the false worship, the false control. Those things no longer control you. You're no longer controlled by worldly traditions, worldly teachings. There is a change in you. And if you have been raised with Christ, then you should not be still thinking low. 
you still should not be acting low. You still should not be responding low. There ought to be a change, not only in your position, but in your perception. That's what Paul is basically saying. He said, look, you've got to have a heavenly mindset for earthly action. Now, that don't mean that you become so spiritually deep that you can't even be earthly relational. Let me say that again, because some folks can be so spiritually deep that they can't even have an earthly relationship. Don't be so spiritually deep that you can't laugh and enjoy good fellowship and good fun. Don't be so spiritually deep that every conversation has got to be something biblical or religious. Y'all, say folks can talk about life issues. Save folks should talk about life issues. Save folks should talk about fun. One of the things that I love about some of the brothers at the church is we can rib and, and poke and make fun of each other and our football teams and that sort of thing, you know, and we still can love one another and have a respect for God. You know, they can talk about the Panthers. I can talk about the cowgirls. I'm, I'm sorry, the cowboys. You can talk about them and still be able to get along. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about talking about heaven all day. Basically, when Paul says seek things that are above, he's basically saying that you need to watch for three things, three things, three things. If you're following the handout, let's let's jump in and drive. You should be, first of all, thinking and looking inward. What does inward thinking look like? What does inward thinking involve? Our lives should be live and our lives and our living rather should be based upon what we believe. Amen. We should be basing our lives on what we believe. What do I believe? I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he came, gave his life and died for me that I might be saved. So my life and my living should always be thinking along that line. My life and my living should always be focused upon that line. I ought to take the one life that I have and live it to a point that I find pleasure and God finds glory. So my life should be built and based on what I believe. Second thing, my life and my living are based on the word of God, are based on the Bible. It's based upon the word of God. Seek those things which are above, not things that are on the earth. I believe that everything God said, he meant it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I believe that everything that the word of God says pertaining to my life is to be found living in prosperity and in holiness. I believe that everything God's word has said is there to give me a pattern to properly live my life. Now, let me say this, and I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of us miss it because we have a wrong view of the word. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tony Evans put it this way. Believers should be tuned in to the heavenly broadcasting network to receive the information that they need for daily living. But the problem, Dr. Evans said, is too many of us frequently change the channel. It's all in the way we think. We got to change the way we think. I believe what God's word says. I stand on what God's word says. And thirdly, we're following the handout. My life and my living are based upon the resurrection. What do you mean by that? 
I'm basically saying, number one, that I am free from death and its effects. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Through the, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I should be developing a new mentality. Because according to verse three, Paul said, I died. There it is. For you have died. And because I have died, y'all, my old life has no longer power over me. Then he says in verse three, my life is hidden with Christ in God. That simply means that Christ is not only in my life, Christ is my life. Amen. Everything that I do, everything that I say, everything that I think, even in number two, my service to one to my man, my fellow man represents the Christ that is in me, which gives me a time for us to pause and think and pause and ask the question. When people see us as Christians, not just in the church, but when people see us as Christians, what do they see? When people encounter us as believers, what do they see? I, I, I'm, I'm coming to a place in my life, and I, and I pray you all will allow me to just speak from my heart for a moment. I'm coming to a place in my life where I'm beginning to understand and I'm beginning to grasp a hold to the true fact that people would much rather see me live the sermon that I preach from the pulpit. People want to see you live the Bible that you carry. People want to see you live the Bible that you quote. Quoting it is one thing, but living it, my God, is something else. Amen. We are free from death and its effects. We died. We are free to serve one another, right? We are free, thirdly, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to verse four. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. When Christ, who is also your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Number four, I am a free citizen in heaven. If Christ is my new identity, if, if I call myself a Christian, which is simply meaning that I am striving to be Christ-like, then I need to change not only my position and my perception, but I also need to be willing to change my perspective. Everything that I do should be wrapped around God. What's your plan? Every decision that I make should be wrapped around God. What's your plan? God, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me to go? Father, show me the way that I need to go. Are you covering every idea, every move you make with prayer? Are you covering every step you take with prayer? That's moving inward. That's moving inward. But then secondly, beloved, we not only must think inward, we got to also think upward. Think upward, letter B, letter B. What, what has Paul told us in these four verses? First thing he tells us is our minds must be fixed on heaven. Mm-hmm. Our minds must be fixed on heaven and heavenly things. We got to constantly keep a, a proper prospect. We got to constantly keep... A, a proper focus. You got to constantly keep an upward attitude, stay positive, stay upbeat, stay focused. Even when the difficult moments come, you still ought to be able to say, okay, God, there's something in this that you want to show me. 
show me what you need me to say. Not, not only must my mind be fixed on heaven, but look at what he says. Go back to, to verse uh, one, where he says, seek those things that are above. Seek in the Greek simply means what's your aspiration? What's your passion? What's your desire? What are you going after? What are you aiming for? You know, think about that, y'all. Think about it. Where are your dreams at? Where are your visions? Where are your goals? Are you always thinking negatively and it's causing you to realize that there can potentially be a delay on God's blessings? You got to start seeking God, even in the rough things. What is the lesson that you're trying to teach me? Even in the difficult moments, God, what is the thing that you're trying to show me? I got to seek. I got to develop the proper passion. It's got to be a heavenly passion. Mm-hmm. See, Paul, Paul's words here are crucial. They are important. If you're going to live victoriously, you got to think like a victor and not a victim. Teach JT Worthy. You got to learn how to stop thinking that everybody's got something out for you. You got to stop thinking so negatively. You got to stop thinking that you are defeated and start learning how to stay focused on the things of God. You got to stay focused on them. Seek those things which are above. Desire those things. Have a heavenly aspiration. Have an upward passion. You got to realize that you want more than what the world has for you. Why? Number three, your mind controls your actions. That is a biblical fact. That is a medical fact. That is a scientific fact. Watch this now. Think about it. My arm cannot move up and down until a signal comes from my brain to my arm to tell my arm to move which basically says my arm is controlled by my brain. My arm movement is controlled by my mind. People of God, everything you do, you say, and you think is controlled by your mind. Here's the question. What's on your mind? Amen. What's on your mind? As we attempted to share Sunday in the preaching moment, the steps of a good man are ordered, they are instructed, they are commanded by God. When God takes control of you, then guess what? Whatever comes from the brain of your spirit man, being the Holy Spirit working and moving in you, whatever he tells you to do, that's what you must do. If you do anything else, you've missed out on the mark. So we gotta think inward. We got to think upward, but then letter C of the handout, we got to think forward. We got to think forward. There are a couple of scriptures that I want to reference here now. A couple of scriptures, a couple of scriptures. Uh, the first scripture, write this scripture down. Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 19. Romans, the eighth chapter, and let's look at verse number 19. In Romans 8, 19, look at this. Look at this. I'm going to read verse 18 to set a foundation. Paul says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Why? Look at verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
In other words, a kingdom mindset is always thinking, moving, living, and acting forward. One of the biggest things that is killing the church right now is this group of people within the church who always want to focus on what we used to do, where we used to be, when pastor so-and-so was here, when we were here, when, when this one was living, that's what we did. You will never be able to see destiny. Thank you, Pastor Reuben Blackwell. You will never be able to witness destiny when you're holding on to history. The creation is waiting for what God is getting ready to reveal. A kingdom mindset is grateful for where we've been, but they already know that where we've been is setting us up for where we're going. That's why Paul told the church, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching to those things which are before. What do I do, Paul? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look real quick at Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one, move, move over there. Uh, Philippians chapter one, and I just want to lift verse 21. Turn back one book in the Bible, one book in the Bible, Philippians chapter one. Look with me at verse number 21. Mm -hmm. Look at this forward thinking. Look at what, look at what Paul says. For to me, to live is Christ. Lord have mercy. But look at this. And to die is gain. I should never get, forget a few years ago, um, I preached the eulogy and delivered the eulogy over um, Deacon Hines, St. James family. Y'all remember uh, senior Deacon Hines who had served as a deacon for over 60 years. And uh, I never forget it where we preached from this particular verse and talked from the subject, the best of both worlds. To live for Christ is the best, but then to know that after life, you can look forward to gaining. For me, as for me, to live is Christ. I got to keep a heavenly mindset. I got to keep a heavenly perspective. I got to stay holy. I got to stay humble. I got to stay happy. I got to stay healthy. I got to stay whole. All of those H words there, <laughs> connected. But in order for me to do that, I've got to continue to think, act, and live forward. Amen. Some folks will never get healed because they spend too much time talking about the hurt that they've encountered. That doesn't help you any. That doesn't help you. So now Paul is basically telling us in the first four verses of chapter three that we have to have the proper attention. All right. But you can't stop there. Let's look at verses five through nine, where as we see in verses five through nine, not only is attention required with kingdom mindset, secondly, we got to think about some adjustments that we need to make. Yeah, there's some adjustments that we need to make. So let's look here. Let's look and see uh, what those adjustments are. All right. They're found right there uh, in, in, in verses five through nine. Let's read them together. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, 
which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Lord have mercy. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Verse nine, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Now, Paul didn't pull no punches in verses five through nine. Mm -mm. He says, look, I understand that you have uh, the heavenly blessings in heavenly places. I understand that you have all of that. But look at what he says. He says, look, they are available to you in, in faith in Christ. But in order to do that, you've got to access them according to God's word. So what does God say? What does God say? God says that there has to be some adjustments. There has to be some adjustments in our lives. The first, the first one that he deals with is the moral adjustment. There's got to be some moral adjustments in our lives. Look at it right there. Look at it right there. He says that we have got to first put away what? Sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Sexual immorality. Think about this for what it's worth, y'all. He basically says that you must get rid of those things that cause you to go back to your old nature. Remember now, Paul is still dealing with a group of people who are being attacked with heresy. Basically, to so many words, they were basically saying, it's all right to do this as long as you don't get caught. Does that sound familiar? It's all right to do this as long as nobody knows. We got to free ourselves from that mindset and thinking. Because granted, you, you may not know. I may not know. But God sees and knows it all. Remember the old saying, you can shuck some of the people some of the time and you can shuck some other people all of the time, but you can't shuck God none of the time. He sees everything. All right. So, so here, basically what Paul is saying to them here is you've got to get rid of some of those things, those sins that could cause you to miss out moral evil. We got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. It's right there, y'all. It's right there. Sexual immorality, verse five, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness. All three of these things, sexual immorality, moral evil, look at what he says, leads to idolatry. But not only does it lead to idolatry, verse six says it is a setup for God's anger to come down on you. Basically, what Paul is saying to them here is this, you have got to get rid of it. You've got to put to death the sins of your earthly nature. So much so that he keeps going. Yes, he does. He keeps going. In, in, in verse uh, number eight and nine, he keeps going. Some other things you gotta put away. Uh-oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Yeah, it's this, it's our habits that we got to get rid of. The habit of anger, mm, the habit of wrath, the habit of malice, slander, 
obscene talk. Get rid of all of that. All right. He says, put away anger and filthy language. They don't belong in your life. You know, think about this. I love this illustration. You don't put dirty clothes on after you take a shower. Y'all let that sink in for a minute. Please let that sink in. You don't put on dirty clothes after you take a shower. After you take a shower, what do you normally do? You put on clean clothes. Why? Because clean clothes complement a clean body. Well, y'all, clean attitudes complement a clean spirit. Clean actions complement a clean spirit. Mm-hmm. Clean passions complement a clean spirit. You got to have the right attitude. You got to have the right passions. You got to have the right pursuits. Why? He says, look, you have put off the old self, verse nine, and you have put on something new. Paul, Paul says, look, you got to watch your mouth. Verses eight and nine, watch your mouth. Because when you've been set free, you should not let your mouth control you. You control your mouth. Sometimes we got to watch what we say and watch how we say it and watch who we say it to. You know, there, there is a way. I hear First Lady say this all the time. There is a way for us to speak to folks without using cuss words and vulgarity. We don't have to call a woman a female dog. Y'all see where I'm going. Y'all see exactly where I'm going. And this is something that our culture and our people need to understand. We don't have to bring everybody down. This is our time to lift one another up, even in the church of the living God. Just because I don't think like you think and act like you act, that doesn't give you permission to talk down and belittle me and berate me and make me feel like I'm not as important. Just because I don't dress like you dress, that doesn't give you the right, the right, nor the responsibility to look down on me or to look at me, can I tell it like I feel it, with snooty looks. Come on, somebody. We're better than that. We're the kingdom. We are better than that. We're better than that. We've got to be better than that. Which basically leads me to the last point of this lesson. In verses 10 through 17, it leads me to the last point of the lesson. Once we make adjustments in, in our attention, when we start thinking inward, thinking upward, thinking forward, when we make adjustments in our moral stance and even in some of those negative habits that control us, then third and finally, beloveds, the word of God shows us that the third piece of the kingdom mindset is going to involve some alterations. We're gonna to have to make some alterations. We're gonna to have to make some changes. Let's look at it, let's look at it, verses 10, through 17, and we will stop at verse 17 for today. The word of God says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if 
if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, people of God, once again, once again, once again, Paul has really spoken to the heart of how we should act. All right. Remember now, he told us in verse nine that we had to get rid of some things. Y'all remember that? In verse nine, we had to pull off the clothing of anger, pull off wrath, malice, slander, filthy talking, obscene talking. Don't lie to one another. That's a character issue. That's an integrity trait. And be seeing that rather, you have put off the old self. You've taken that spiritual bath. You've taken that spiritual shower. The old nature has been washed away. So he picks up with verse 10 and he says in verse 10 that now that you've taken off the old and you've had that spiritual shower and you've washed away the old filth and the filth of the old nature, then you must put on the new self. Mm-hmm. You got to put on the new self. And the new self, according to verse 10, has been renewed, look at it right there, in the knowledge after the image of its creator. In other words, in every area of my life, I ought to look, think, act, react, respond like Christ would. Now, this gives us a new understanding to this cliche that has been out for the last 10 years. What would Jesus do? I want to change it. How would Jesus act? Amen. That's what we're after. That's what we should be doing. There's seven things that I want to show us. I want to show us here that the outer man is changed through some things that happen on the inside. All right, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it in the final verses of the lesson. Let's look at it here. All right. One of the first things that we see here, first of all, you're taking notes. The outer man is changed through inner thinking. In verse nine, we're no longer uh, angry, no longer filled with vengeance and with malice and with slander. We're not cussing folks out and going off on folk. We're not lying to folk deliberately. But according to verse 10, we now change our thought processes because we are now operating, according to verses 9 and 10, in things that have been renewed in our knowledge, in our thinking of the Savior. I'm thinking like Christ. I'm thinking like Christ, right? I'm thinking like Christ. And when I start thinking like Christ, then I ought to be able to relate and get along with anybody because I am a reflection of Christ. Mm -hmm. Look at it. It's right there. 
It's right there. Once we put on the new self, then watch this. We are not bound by old relationships. Why? In Christ, there is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is no circumcised. There is no uncircumcised. There is no barbarian. Make it live, pastor. In Christ, there is no black. There is no white. Come on. We are dealing with situations where churches are still divided by gender. Come on now. What about just being brothers and sisters, learning how to love one another? You know, one of the things that blesses me as, as a pastor of St. James Church is to begin to see St. James grow into a multicultural ministry. It blesses my heart to not only have African-Americans and Caucasians and Jamaicans and some Hispanics who are a part of the St. James family, but to realize that when we gather together, none of that means anything. We are brothers and sisters serving one God, trying to get to one place. Preachers, we can have a greater relationship if we stop trying to separate ourselves according to classes and masses. <laughs> Lord, that was good. We stop separating ourselves according to denomination. We stop separating ourselves to according to the number of members and how much money we raise. There is so much arrogance in the pulpit before, because of that reason. We are all equal. Brother Pastor, you are just as important with 10 or 20 as somebody with 10 and 20,000. Why? You represent Christ. Christ is all and all in all. So we got to start making some adjustments in our relationships, which leads us to making some adjustments in our connection. Look at verse 12. Mm-hmm. Put on then, beloved, holy, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If somebody has a complaint, what do you do? You forgive. You make it right. Let's keep the connection strong. Oftentimes, y'all, here's the foundation. A strong connection is built on a strong conversation. I was reading earlier uh, today and, and studying and preparing for another service. I was thinking about how oftentimes we are so quick to make assumptions. And in the process of making assumptions, we are killing our own influence. Folk don't want to deal with us because our assumptions of them come shining through. Get to know people. Amen. If, 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 if I have done something or said something, you know, first of all, forgive me, but you'll never get it right when you sit on it and don't say anything about it. Amen. What a lesson for the church. What a lesson for Christians that we've got to make sure that we pay attention to our connections. Watch this. Now the outer man is changed fourthly through our knowledge. What do we know? What do we know? Who do we know, right? Fifth, our attitude. I'm still in the lesson. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on love. Put on love. Love is never what it says. Love is what it does. And if you truly love somebody, you want what's best for them. 
If you truly love somebody, you will seek to gain understanding and not operate on assumption. I'm thinking about a situation where someone took some information, twisted it, something that I said, twisted it, took it totally out of context, and now they're angry. And not only are they angry, now their spouse is angry. Come on now. And not realizing that we can't get it right when you got a nasty attitude toward it. You got to be able to say, look, let me make sure I heard what you said. Let me make sure I'm understanding what you said. A lot of misinformation comes from folks not understanding motives. Can I teach for a moment? And if they have a misunderstanding of your motive, they will often think negatively. But then again, watch what we said earlier. A negative attitude will always is always produced by negative thoughts. So if you're thinking the worst, can I help somebody? If you're thinking the worst, then guess what? You're missing out. Why? You got to change that attitude. The outer man is changed by having the right attitude. And then four, six and finally, the, it is changed by having the right worship. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called into one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ, look at this y'all, dwell in you richly. Make sure that you are teaching and admonishing one another. Look at this with wisdom. In other words, if you can't handle the naked truth, then I need to ask God to give me strength to know how to present it. Amen. You know, some, some folks, some folks can't have fried foods. Amen. So you got to be careful that you don't always give them fried foods. Why? It causes more harm than good. As a preacher pastor, I'm learning this now more than ever. After 31 years, soon to be 32 years of preaching the gospel, I'm learning now more than ever that presentation is everything. Every sermon is not going to end in a shout. But some sermons will find folks in a place of really thinking. You got to learn how to go with the flow and stop expecting the flow to go with you. Amen. That's what we're talking about with worship. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. People of God, what are you thinking? What's your mindset? What are you thinking? What, what, what is the thing that is taking control of your mind? Are you thinking upward? Are you thinking forward? Are you thinking inward? Or are you always crying the victim? Are you always looking for attention? Are you always looking for pity and praise? Come on, somebody. We got to change our mindsets. And I promise you that as we change our mindsets, we glorify God with the way we think. God will take us from where we are and move us to where he wants us to be. And so, beloveds, I'm going to stop right there and end at verse 17. And uh, we are going to pick it up next week. Next week of the Lord shall say the same. We're going to take a look at uh, verses 18, uh, even into the first verse of chapter four. Relatively short lesson next week. 
but there is so much in that lesson as we talk about faith and relationships. Let's make sure that we are building proper relationships, even as we walk in faith and serve in faith. Let's make sure that we're doing those things that bring glory and honor and, sh and not shame to the name of God in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, in our professional or our career relationships, all of that. We're going to talk about that next week. And of course, as always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, please feel free to drop those questions in the comment section. Uh, we will be seeing those questions. We are behind the scenes today and uh, we will see those questions and uh, we'll be found uh, responding to your questions to the best of our ability. As always, beloved, it is my great joy to share God's word with you. Thank you for hanging out with us this Thursday morning, Thursday evening. If you're watching the rebroadcast, uh, continue to pray with us. We are in revival this week uh, in my hometown in Charlotte. Pray much for us. Those of you who join us for Bible study. Uh, in the Charlotte area. I would love to see you. We are still here. We'll be here until tomorrow night uh, at the Galilean Deliverance Community Church located 1220 East 10th Street um, in the Noda area of Charlotte. Um, certainly would love to see you uh, either tonight or tomorrow night as we are sharing in worship um, with a church that holds a dear and special place in my heart. Uh, for at, at least three years, I served as an assistant to the pastor, um, the late Bishop Al Campbell, uh, there at the Galilean church. And so they have a very special place in my heart and it means the world to me, uh, that they would invite us to come back and share a word with them. So if you're in the Charlotte area, come on and share with us tonight, tomorrow night service begins at seven 30, um, tonight and tomorrow night. Would love to see you in worship. Uh, there at the Galilean church. Uh, let's continue to pray for all of our sick, all of our shut in those families whose hearts are saddened in bereavement. Let's continue to keep them in our thoughts and in our prayers that God would continue to take good care of them and of us. Would you join me now? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in Jesus name, thank you for this time. Thank you for this privilege. God, I thank you for this honor to be entrusted with the assignment of teaching your word. God, this is something I don't take lightly. And God, I know that without you, I cannot do it. So God, I pray now that everything that I have said today has been helpful to your people, that it has edified your people, but above all has brought greater glory to your name in their lives. God, continue to keep us and will be kept, bless us and will be blessed. Let everything we do say and think be found pleasing in your sight and to the glory of your name. This is my prayer. I offer it now in the name of he who was, he who is, and he who is to come, our Lord and Savior Jesus. We pray and we praise. Amen, amen, and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Thank you for joining me this Thursday morning. It is my will, but it's got to be the will of God. We will be together um, again next Thursday for another walk through the word of God. Until then, be blessed. Be safe and know as always, beloved, we love you all.